0: Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now, welcome, integrative dietitian Ally Miller and her co-host Becky Yu.
1: Welcome to episode 334 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today, we are talking all about hair. Hair loss can be an indicator of underlying imbalance in the body, and today we want to address how to maintain healthy hair, what to do if you're losing hair, and how to accelerate regrowth with food as medicine and supplement solutions. We'll talk about post-COVID hair loss, postpartum hair loss, and even some of the buzzworthy products out there like Nutrafol and whether they are worthy of a try.
2: Yes, I can't believe we've made it in the 300s of episodes and have not done an entire devoted episode on hair health. We do have linked back in the archives hair skin and nails. Yes. So I'll be sure to link that and we talk a lot about, you know, the gut connection and dysbiosis, candida, scalp fungal health, etc. But this is going to be a lot about hair loss and like you said hair regrowth and it has been a continued interest and need especially as we make the connection of post viral inflammatory response in the body. So I'm excited to dig into that. And I think we've tried to address that and then ran out of times on like a Q&A episode yep. before in the past or women's hormones. So I'm excited to just dig in deep. We're going to talk about the phases of hair growth, hair regeneration, and so much more. But before we get into that, I want to share with y'all that we are now opening up tickets for our wellness in Wimberley weekend. So we teased this, I think, a couple episodes back But now that we're talking to you in March, for the next two weeks, we're going to be doing early bird deals on our Wellness in Wimberley weekend. And this is a two-day event on Saturday and Sunday, May 20th and 21st, uh, four hours each day. So a pretty moderate commitment, which is fun. That means that you still have time to maybe hike at Blue Hole or um, check out Jacob's Well or do fun dining in the Hill Country, maybe jet out even to Johnson City to taste some wines. But we will have you from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday will be a lecture with an engaging Q&A and ask Allie and Becky anything. Uh, Then we'll also have lunch catered from the Naturally Nourished Market, so you'll taste all of our food as medicine favorite dishes, and you'll get VIP exclusive access to shop that day. And then on Sunday, we will be meeting and doing an in-house cooking class where we'll have more engagement. You'll be able to do some hands-on elements. That'll be a three to four dish cooking class. Also, that'll be on Sunday from 10 to 2. So we'll feed you on both days. One will be uh, just as a catered lunch, and the other will be more experiential in the kitchen and um both will be at texas iowa reclaimed which is right down the road from my market less than a quarter of a mile away so like i said you'll be able to jaunt up to the market grab all of your snacks um and bring your coolers so you can get all of our pasture-raised grass-fed meats and bone broth-based soups we can't wait to see you in person and it's just going to be a fun light weekend this is not just for women this could be with your spouse um this could be with a family member coworker, friend definitely come with a buddy you figure out your own lodging um So you have a lot of freedom there, whether you want to stay in Dripping Springs or you want to stay in Wimberley or even in Austin, it would work totally fine. We're about an hour away from Austin. So we hope you'll join us. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Check out um, in the, I guess, would it be events section or we'll just put the exact URL. Who knows how we'll categorize it.
1: Yeah, I don't think we have
2: an event section, but we could certainly It'll add be one in, in there. the future. It'll be in there on the website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the entire weekend is $375 per person. Um, and we're going to be doing an early bird sale. There's only 50 spots available and we're giving you $25 off. So go grab your spot now. And then once we sell out, we will be opening the opportunity for just a Saturday lecture and lunch option. But there's that limited capacity on Sunday. So right now we're just going to be selling that weekend pass. We hope you'll join us and we can't wait to share food as medicine and functional medicine information with you
1: in person um, and get to say hello. Yes, and we keep getting asked if we're doing a retreat this year, so this is our answer. We're not doing a full-blown retreat, but it's kind of a DIY make-your-own-retreat yeah. experience, which is super fun mm-hmm. and you're not you know, beholden to us all day long, um, so you get a break to do all of the fun things, but we can't wait to see you all.
2: Yes, and I'll definitely be providing all participants with my favorite guide of restaurants as well as hiking trails, uh, fun things to do, my favorite shops, etc. So come on down to Hill Country, May 20th and 21st. We'd love to meet you in person and support you in your food as medicine journey.
1: Okay, before we get into it, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals.
2: Yes. So, Santa Cruz Medicinals makes CBD, or cannabidiol, this is the non-psychoactive component of the cannabis plant, which supports mood, anxiety, and regulates stress. CBD also has, an beyond an anxiolytic effect, it also has an anti-inflammatory effect. So it can calm down pain and inflammatory processes in the body while managing stress regulation. We've seen actually in literature that CBD can actually counteract cortisol from being released. And as we'll learn in today's episode, we always say stress is not sexy, but stress can be a primary culprit of driving hair loss for sure. Um, So CBD could be something that you could bring in to balance off that stress access. You can go on over to scmedicinals.com, that stands for Santa Cruz Medicinal. Dot .com use the code ALLYMILLERRD at checkout and you will save 15% on your order and receive free shipping. Again, that's scmedicinals.com. Use Allie Miller RD at checkout. And when you're on their website, definitely check out their tinctures. I will note that they have some of the most potent and pure tinctures on the market. That's why we partner with only the people that we believe in. Um, they use MCT oil, and you'll actually see that phytopigment shift from UV expression into that coconut oil, where you'll get that nice pink hue. Um, really clean, no carriers. Um, we have looked at their lab testing showing potency and purity Um, and we can really stand for their products they also have pain salves and topicals they have epsom salt baths which are great uh, to get some cbd maybe during menstrual cramps along with epsom or if you've been doing hard work in the yard or tearing up your muscles Um, and then they also have uh, capsule options as well like their deep sleep capsules Uh, They claim that it's important to really use a potent dose to see how you respond to CBD. So 100 milligrams a day is the recommended weekly trial. And then after one week of consistent 100 milligram dosage, you can adjust, see how you feel, see how you're feeling on maybe joints and ligaments if you're dealing with inflammation, see how your sleep is changing, how your fight or flight stress response or social anxiety is shifting, and then you can find the dose that works best for you. Go on over to scmedicinals.com, use the code AllieMillerRD to save 15% and get free shipping.
1: All right. So let's start off by saying some hair loss is totally normal, right? So it said that we lose somewhere between 50 and Mm -hmm. 100 hairs a day just in this normal shedding process. Humans shed.
2: Yes. Yes, and you know, somewhere around 100,000 and 150,000 or more hairs are on our heads. So even if we're saying 100 a day, over time when we're looking at that comparison, it's not super significant. So when we're talking about true hair loss, we're seeing more than that. We're seeing really clumps of hair that come out maybe in the shower, seeing way more building up on our brush, um, and then noticing maybe bald patches on the scalp or noticeable thinning. A healthy scalp is going to have around 80% of its hair follicles in the growth stage, whereas the other 20% are going to be in that more dormant resting stage. And hair thinning and loss is going to occur when that vital growing stage is slowed down or is inhibited or stops abruptly.
1: Okay, so our hair has cycles. I think that's a really important thing for us to break down before we even get into types of hair loss and why it happens Let's talk through the three cycles of hair growth.
2: Sure. So that growing phase is also known as the antigen phase. And this can last from two to eight years. This phase is going to be that ideally 85 to 90% of hair on our head, which should be in that active growing mode. Then there's the catagen phase, which is this transitional time stamp. And this is when the hair follicles are going to shrink. This takes about two to three weeks. And then the telogen phase, which is the resting phase, is going to take about two to four months. And at the end of this phase, the hair then is going to fall out. So your shorter hairs on your body, like your eyelashes, your arm hair, your leg hair, even eyebrows, are going to have a short antigen phase of about one month. Whereas, again, the scalp hair can have that antigen phase between that
1: two to eight years, around six years on average. Okay. So we're keeping most of our hair and then we're always kind of generating new hair through these three phases essentially Um, and hair loss occurs when there's an imbalance basically between the phases
2: yes most definitely so each of these phases is going to have you know diagnostic criteria to define the hair loss. So we have antigen effluvium, we have telogen effluvium, and then we even will have um, the androgenic alopecia as another form which could be seen in both men or women. And so when we're talking about antigen effluvium, This is going to be often caused by toxic substances. So this could be chemotherapy or radiation as a really known one where basically we are interfering with that growth process and we're stopping it. We're halting it. Um, We also can see, you know, poisons or toxins that can interfere with this growing hair follicle. And then the telogen effluvium is going to be caused by an influence often of stress or physical shock. So this would be seen in individuals that are more malnourished, like extreme calorie deficit, also over-exercising. In fact, uh, Dr. Jamie Seaman, I believe it is, Dr. Fit and Fabulous, we've interacted with her in the Ketocon scope, Uh, she talked about her experience with telogen effluvium after she cut For a bodybuilding competition and then right on the heels of that got a gut bug of salmonella Um, so we can see stress from actual infection um, and this is where we would see potential viral infection as a factor here or gut bug we can see stress from again caloric deficit or dynamic restriction Um, we've talked about even protein deficiency being one of the driving causes as well Um, and then we can see emotional stress like this is where your hair would fall out if you're going through a terrible divorce or god forbid loss of a family member Um, we can see in this family of category as well as more common um, the influence of thyroid so hypothyroidism would be a big driver of where we would see the
1: telogen effluvium as well Okay, so those are kind of two types, and then there's this androgenetic um, alopecia, um, and this is more of the like male or female pattern baldness. Um, I would also note that telogen effluvium could be caused by hormonal changes, essentially. So postpartum yep.
2: could be one, yep. a, a big time that we'll often see for sure. sure, and that's also, right, we'll also see thyroid impacted during that time, mm-hmm. high nutrient deficit, et cetera. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then androgenetic. Um, so this is going to be the male or, or female pattern baldness. So let's talk about that a little bit.
2: So this will be actually the most common in the world of hair loss, probably up to date, but I, I would argue that we're seeing this, um, you know, telogen impact actually as as maybe arguably more of a concern sure. in the most recent years with viral infection and with dynamic changes in women's hormones. Yep. But the androgenic um, is going to be what we would think of as like that male pattern hair loss and this is a lot of the industry of um, research when we think of products like Rogaine etc so hair thins over the top of the head and on the sides this is highly connected to hormones the aging process and then genetics as well
1: okay we're going to go through a lot of these different causes Um, there are a few more reasons that we can see hair loss beyond the ones that we just mentioned so you know like excessive styling bleaching physical damage um and then i would note nutrient deficiency is like one of the biggest drivers that i see of hair loss
2: yeah i mean we talked about total calorie dest- def- deficiency excuse me or calorie deficit Um, and of course I would assume that you're going to have malnourishment along the way, but in today's episode, we'll dig
1: into particular nutrients of focus to support regrowth as well. Sure. And then there are medical conditions too, like alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune condition that actually Mm -hmm. attacks the follicles. Um, but that is to say, you know, most of the solutions we're going to present are going to kind of across the board support all of these different causes. Um, and I want to, you know, unpack a few of these causes further. I want to start to offer some solutions but i think first we should talk about some of the conventional treatments that are out there for hair loss
2: yes so the most common conventional hair loss remedies include topical minoxidil uh, oral finasteride topical and oral hormones and steroids and then we can even get into hair transplants or hair restoration surgery Now Rogaine by name brand is probably the most commonly known topical treatment out there and that is minoxidil which is a vasodilator and so the idea is that by bringing more blood flow to those follicles that we will be able to kind of wake them back up or provoke that regeneration phase. Uh, We have seen some serious side effects of Minoxidil products out there. This can include unwanted facial or body hair, dizziness, fast or irregular heartbeat, fainting chest pain again thinking that this uh, vasodilation property impacting our vascular function could have unfavorable influence systemically Um, so we also will see swelling of hands and feet um, unusual weight gain tiredness and difficulty breathing so some pretty serious impacts there and then Finasteride or Propecia is one of the name brands of this oral medication. Um, This one is by prescription only. I will say though there are now some topical minoxidil and finasteride uh, topicals that don't Mm. require prescription. Um, So that's something we can see as well. But finasteride uh, can impact sexual impotence, uh, loss of interest in sex, trouble having orgasm, abnormal ejaculation, swelling in the hands or feet, Feeling faint, headache, runny nose, and skin rash. And what's all too interesting is so many of my male patients that are on finasteride, again, because there isn't always that thorough understanding of um, true conflict or true potential side effects and considerations. There isn't always that informed consent, if Mm -hmm. you will, when prescribing medication those same individuals will be dealing with ed and will be on you know um the blue pill if you will or various forms of medications and that get layered on for the side effects from their hair loss medication
1: right and um there's this um it's called for hymns i don't know if you've come across that at all um for hims and for hers there's this website where basically you can get um some of these prescriptions Um, You don't have to go into your doctor. You still are required to get a prescription through their doctor, but basically a more direct-to-consumer. And I noted when I was on their website last night, they're selling these hair loss medications and you can also get Viagra there. Same time. Yep. Totally.
2: (laughs) Yep. And then there's spironolactone. Uh, This is one that we often think of like with PCOS Mm -hmm. women, Um, but this could be used with men or women. And this slows down the production of androgens. Um, So spironolactone can also be used for androgenic acne, for instance, and... androgens are made by the adrenals but they're more of the male sex hormones including testosterone and um, we see the impact of androgens being able to slow down the progression of hair loss when reduced so this driving cause of androgenic alopecia spironolactone is going to interfere with that mechanism spironolactone is a known diuretic and it can help the body to expel excess water and liquids but that can also drive mineral deficiency just like any diuretic Um, And so there is concern about dehydration in general, uh, frequent urination. And then we have concern about mineral deficiency, highs or low potassium levels, um, electrolyte imbalance, which can drive headaches, migraines, fatigue, dizziness. We can see irregular menstrual cycles because of that interference with sexual hormone. We can see tenderness in breast tissue, changes in blood pressure and heart rate, shifts in libido and sexual appetite. Uh, we can also see changes in our actual appetite and hunger. We can see muscle spasms are twitching, dizziness, depression, anxiety, blood in the stools or urine, as well as fever and chills, muscle aches and spasms, hives, itching, skin rash and swelling in the limbs. I feel like one of those commercials where the people are like on a car, co- like a convertible car riding into the sunset. Yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're saying like, you may poop your pants while taking this drug. <laughs> Anyway, yeah,
1: a lot of side effects likely not worth it, especially when there are other things that you can do, at least as a first line of defense. Most definitely. Um, And then there's surgical options too. So I think of typically like the hair plugs as the most common Mm -hmm. thing that people are doing. Um, But this would be, you know, obviously more costly, more invasive.
2: Yes, definitely. Definitely.
1: Okay. Um, so conventional options out there, not so great. Um, and yeah, we're seeing these, you know, direct to consumer options popping up. The hair loss industry is valued at three point nine billion wow. in twenty twenty three. So that's really big. Um, let's unpack some of these root causes no pun intended and <laughs> get to the root of it start to give some solutions
2: okay so genetics you know seemingly the least that we can modify of course we've discussed in past episodes this influence of epigenetics and how our environment our nutritional status our stress response can influence genetic expression but definitely, if we're looking at an inherited hair condition, um, this would often be in that world of that androgenic alopecia. So this is that uh, condition where there's thinning, and then the hair is going to eventually fall out. Um, this is known as male or female pattern baldness, and really the number one that this occur number one reason for this occurring is heredita- hereditary impact or genetics again. So if you've inherited this condition, you do have a higher risk factor, of course. But when we're looking at, again, this connection to androgenic um, expression, there's definitely nutrients that we'll focus on in a little bit um, that can aid in that regulation. So myo-inositol, just to hint one right off the bat, the same approach that we would take for androgen balance in the body, for androgenic acne, for hirsutism or female hair hair growth on the face um, is all going to be along that same mechanism. And then when you bring in that myo-inositol that also supports insulin sensitivity and is an anxiolytic and supports stress and that's where we can really see that multi-mechanistic impact
1: of targeted nutritional therapy yes so we alluded to some of this in our episode on testosterone recently where we talked about the conversion of testosterone to dht and we'll talk more about that so stay tuned um let's cover just hormones in general so there's Mm -hmm. a lot going on and obviously it's going to be a bit different In women versus men?
2: Yeah. So, often for women, by about age 50, half of women are complaining about hair loss. And if a woman's hair is thinning, this is often related to that female patterned hair loss. And the thinning is going to be about 90% genetic, 10% hormonal. Um, we'd actually be interested to see that there can be upwards of 30 million American women, um, that are dealing with this female pattern baldness. And this is going to occur slowly over the entire scalp without a recession of the hair line. Like we'll see in men, you know, start to see that recession at the forehead. Um, for women, we'll often see this kind of throughout the entire scalp. And so, um, if a woman has female pattern hair loss, it can lead to extreme hair thinning,
1: but will rarely lead to true baldness. Got it. And then times of hormone fluctuation beyond the kind of inherited genetic, I think those are real big times to watch and times that we can support.
2: Yeah. You know, we always allude to how prenatals and also pregnancy can make really robust, healthy hair. And we know that estrogen levels during pregnancy, as they're um, going to be elevated, are going to be associated with that hair growth Impact, um, And then again, when there's estrogen fluctuations. so if we're thinking of uh, postpartum or we're thinking of menopause and estrogen levels may be dipping or declining or radically changing in the body, this can have an influence for certain on um, hair loss. Um, we also can see even progesterone levels when they fall to have an impact because we'll see more androgenic expression in light of those declining female hormones, which are both more supportive for healthy hair growth
1: and it's interesting to note to not just this you know season or cycle of hormones but also the relative levels of hormones yes can show imbalance. And we talk about this a lot with relation to estrogen dominance, right? Maybe you don't have excessive estrogen per se, but your estrogen is excessive in relationship to your progesterone. And this is where hormone testing I think comes in, especially if you've gone through a dynamic time of hormone shift, or you're seeing other changes in your body uh, that are noting a hormone shift, like irregular cycles, all of a sudden, more acne more breast tenderness um, things like that that we'd want to go in and actually test hormones to see what's going on
2: absolutely so looking at our neurohormone complete plus panel which is going to be that combination of saliva and urine would be a really comprehensive place to start This is going to look at your three different types of estrogen. So checking out that estrogen metabolism, as well as your progesterone levels. And like you said, Becky, everything's relative to your own trends. And so, you know, if your estradiol was at 2.5 and it drops to 1.2, both would be within normal range, but, you know, that's more than a 50% reduction. And if progesterone levels um, decline from 400s into 120s, well, that estrogen maintains, then you just went from a prior balance to now an estrogen-dominant state. And even though elevated estrogen can support hair growth during pregnancy and, and these kind of more surge Uh, regenerative times, we can see that too much estrogen relative to too low of progesterone can also interfere with hair loss or, or excuse me be a driver of hair loss so we might be bringing in beyond that relax and regulate which is that myo inositol to support ovarian health and sexual hormone balance we're also going to be considering something like brocco detox here which could help with that estrogen metabolism for someone that might be running estrogen dominant and that would be indicated by belly fat breast tenderness etc okay
1: And then supporting, you know, robust hormone levels in general, I think is important there too. So making sure we're consuming enough fat, even considering a ketogenic diet. Yeah. um, If we are seeing low levels of hormones or suspicion of low levels and our hair starting to fall out, I think that could be a really good tool um, to also maybe refeed. And and we'll talk a little bit about the weight loss connection in a bit here too.
2: Yes. And then men, unlike women who see about 50% impact at age 50, right? We're starting to see that at age 35, about 60 plus percent, 66% of American men seem to have some detectable amount of hair loss. And then as they hit age 50, we're talking about 85% of men having significantly thinning hair. And that's according to the American Hair Loss Association. Now, we mentioned a couple times DHT. So this is 5-alpha dihydrotestosterone. Uh, DHT is the influencing factor that the Propecia medication works on. And as women's sex hormones go down, DHT relatively can be more expressed. And that could be a causing factor. But be that DHT is a male androgen, this plays a big role in follicle shrinkage and shorter lifespan and decreases hair production. And be that it's a male androgen, it's naturally higher in men. Um, And so this is why men deal with not just male pattern baldness, but more significant form of baldness and are going to have that receding hairline, that kind of M or U shape that we'll see as men age. And we see that this can be a big impact equivalent to even like a PCOS influence on women um, where men have a high surge of DHT levels um, in that
1: androgenic imbalance. And that tends to trend with higher insulin resistance in the body. So again, back to keto as a potential um, solution here Um, and back to inositol, one of our favorite recommendations, which is what's in that relax and regulate beyond magnesium.
2: Yes. Again, I connected the dots on how it helps with sleep and anxiety, but right. Also intracellular communication and insulin sensitivity. So super huge there. And we've seen in studies that inositol specifically beyond those kind of root cause modifiables, that it directly does help with hair growth. Um, In fact, it can help to directly metabolize down that DHT level to promote healthy hair follicles and their development and we've seen in research studies that supplementation with inositol helps prevent hair loss and thinning
1: and let's stay on this topic of kind of the DHT blockers or modifiers mm-hmm. for a little bit and just talk through um, some of the food as medicine solutions there. I know I've heard pumpkin seed oil being talked about yes. a lot recently, and you just wrote a piece about it. Yeah, you? we
2: can link that for Mind sure. Body Green. Uh, so that's a great thing that we lean into in the world of both PCOS and androgenic imbalance. Pumpkin seed oil is very mineral-rich, it contains good fatty acids like GLA, which can support healthy thick hair, and it does inhibit that DHT. You could also play with our pumpkin seed pesto mm-hmm. um, and actually blend in those whole seeds. So you're getting that fat extraction in that blending process, but you're also getting a little bit more zinc and fiber, of course, when you're using the whole seed. Uh, Saw palmetto is probably one of the more known over-the-counter tools that we think of for both prostate health, Mm -hmm. um, and that's that connection, again, to the DHT blocking mechanism, and this has been said to help also with hair growth. Uh, When we're looking at foods, I would look to green tea or matcha as a fabulous tool. This can support detoxification. Of course, all of those antioxidants reduce the oxidative stress. And when we do that, that antioxidant boost is going to promote that hair growth phase. And green tea, we have seen in its ability to help to actually block that DHT um, influence, And so it can stop that feedback from testosterone into DHT. And I think it's worth noting, Becky, that individuals that are on testosterone therapy, um, whether they're doing topical like testosterone gel or testosterone in the form of an injectable or pellet, that this is someone you'd really want to monitor for DHT levels yes. if dealing yep. with hair loss. Yeah, um, and yeah, many yeah. people that are on testosterone, their doctor will put them on that Propecia medication um, as a tool, knowing that they're potentially going to see mismanaged DHT.
1: Totally. And especially with all of these kind of like anti-aging clinics and yes. weight loss clinics that are just putting pellets in everybody mm-hmm. um, and then not monitoring you for like a year Plus, I see that all the time where I'm Mm -hmm. like, please, can we get these things out? Like, let's not,
2: let's not do that. I was just talking to a friend last night at dinner about it. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I get this baggie of syringes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just give myself a testosterone shot. And I said, well, so what labs are you running? Um, And all that the doctor's doing is a comp. Um, And so they're not looking at free testosterone. They're not looking at... Total testosterone. They're not looking at DHT level. So I had to write all these things down on a uh-huh. cocktail napkin. And I said, you know what? You just really need to do our neural hormone panel yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. because the salivary assessment, again, looks at the free hormone. And in the male, um, in the complete version, we can actually add on DHT. Mm-hmm. And so it's something you could do as an email request if you purchase that lab. And, um, especially if again, dealing with male pattern baldness, something to really investigate because the saliva is looking at what's actually available on a cellular level on a hormone, um, versus what is bound and just floating through the blood.
1: Okay. Awesome. And then, um, on the vein of green tea, caffeine actually can also be helpful in moderate levels, of course.
2: Yes. So it's been shown to actually stimulate hair shafts and help them grow faster by dampening down the effects of DHT. Um, And we've seen in studies that caffeine can spur hair growth. So something to consider. Um, And maybe if you're doing a cold brew coffee or espresso or coffee in general, adding in some CBD oil to kind of mitigate that Mm -hmm. adrenaline surge would be a good consideration. Or that matcha, which is going to have that L-theanine to aid with stress resilience along with the caffeine
1: and green tea boost. Okay. And then there are certain foods as well to avoid that can specifically increase inflammation, of course, but also production of DHT.
2: Yeah, we've seen that trans fats. So this could be any oxidized, inflammatory, processed, industrialized oil, vegetable oils, corn oil, soybean oil, or fried foods in general. Um, These increase inflammation and will drive up DHT levels. We also know that you made that connection to insulin resistance, Becky. Sugar, so excessive refined processed foods, especially high sugar foods, refined sugar and fructose, et cetera. Um, This is going to create an imbalance in hormones. It'll surge up that DHT. It's pro-inflammatory and it's going to drive up again those insulin levels along with blood glucose levels.
1: Okay. And then rounding out this discussion of hormones, let's talk thyroid as that's a huge driver of hair loss as well.
2: Yes. I think that this is often a driver to thyroid disease diagnosis is hair loss. And we can actually see both over and under active thyroid as driving hair loss. So hyperthyroidism or an overactive thyroid, as well as hypothyroidism, which is more common. And that would be that insufficient circulating thyroid hormone or the thyroid gland not functioning appropriately. Um, The thyroid plays a huge role in development of new strands of hair at the root, and it helps to maintain consistent supplies of new hairs in the body. Um, So again, if it's over or under, we can see that we can lose hair. We can see that hair becomes weaker, drier, or brittle, and that thyroid issues can diffuse hair loss across the entire scalp rather than a localized area. So we'll kind of see it across the whole head. And unlike hormonal hair loss, the hair loss caused by thyroid issues will be more temporary, especially once the thyroid values are checked and optimized with intervention. So if you are looking at your TSH, your free T3, and your free T4 as a bare minimum, you always want to look at the free circulating hormone. We have ideal ranges and we'll link uh, the YouTube video on what your thyroid lab results mean, where we talk about antibodies, autoimmune activity, Mm -hmm. etc., And once you get the thyroid back on track, um, that can be a great way to start to see very quickly favorable outcomes with hair health. And we think of not just that thyroxine or T4 and the triiodine T3, we think of the minerals that play a role in activation or deiodinization. So we're highlighting zinc iodine and selenium here. These are going to be minerals that are in our thyroid optimizer formula. And then that also has that L-tyrosine in there, which is the amino acid or protein building block precursor to actually make that that thyroid hormone. Um, So that tyrosine actually makes thyroxine. Yes. Um, And we'll talk more about
1: nutrients in general in a little bit here as well.
2: Yeah, I think just one more thing to call out as we'll get to vitamin A soon, Mm -hmm. you know, that's also in a good abundant dosage in our thyroid optimizer. And so blindly, just off the cuff, I know we'll get there, but I kind of think of a B-complex and thyroid optimizer as two insurance policies beyond that relax and regulate as far as superstars, if you will, in the world of hair health. Okay.
1: And then, you know, one reason that thyroid could be off and that hormones could be off could be stress or a triggering event. And oftentimes this is also what preempts hair loss.
2: Yes. So like I said, this could be a death or a loss. It could be divorce. It could be a dynamic shift in work stress or interpersonal stress, emotional as well as physical stress. So physical stress could be via infection as well as, again, that overexercising or excessive training and maybe that paired with calorie deficit or insufficient nutrient intake. Um, And we can often see, again, in this role of shock that the body basically deprioritizes hair. Um, And so this is where we'll see an acute response of dysfunction. Um, So thinking about in the world of stress, if we know we're under a season of stress and we want to prevent hair loss, bringing in adaptogens would be a really good suggestion. So our adaptogen boost has that panax ginseng, rhodiola, and cordyceps. And we've seen in studies that rhodiola can help to foster hair growth. And we've discussed the role of rhodiola in regulating sex hormone balance in the body. So there's kind of that two-for-one element there. And then calm and clear would be the other one that we would consider. This is that regulator of that fight-or-flight access, that getting us into a parasympathetic space from just a sympathetic-focused nervous system response. And Calm and Clear is going to have B vitamins in there, in addition to L-theanine, which is that amino acid that aids in alpha brainwave activity. And then there's a blend of nervines and adaptogens. So we actually have some calming herbs in there. And then we have ashwagandha as an adaptogen, which is a calming stress-resilient compound. And we've seen in studies that ashwagandha can help in visible reduction of hair loss and by strengthening hair follicles.
1: Okay. And and you mentioned, you know, dramatic or rapid weight loss in and of itself can be a stressor on the body. And I think this is in part, you know, putting the thyroid, actually putting the brakes on things and yes. um, if weight loss is, is too rapid or too fast. Um, and then I think likely in part nutrient deficiency yes. related. Um so I just want to call that out. Like if you've recently lost yes. a bunch of weight, especially if it happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see this sometimes in our our keto program where yes, yay for weight loss goals, but hey, we need to pump the brakes. If you're losing yes. more than that a pound a week, which is kind of typically half a pound to a pound a week is is typically what we'd say. Um, you probably need to go into more like refeed or maintenance mode for a little while, really focus on nourishing the body um, and wait for the hair loss to stop.
2: Yes, and that's why we have different phases of our protocol. You know, you can still be in a ketogenic diet, but we would shift you from that fast track, which is more of a deficit, into that steady and sustained track. And we would kind of cycle through those phases so that you do, like you said, get that refeed, which is important. And I think another thing that makes our keto program unique, which we talk about all the time, is that we are often recommending higher protein than a standard ketogenic pie chart distribution of macros you know so we use fat as more of a flexible lever and if the individual has body fat to lose we may have them eating more protein than grams of fat Um, that's not uncommon for sure and this is really important because protein is what really our hair is comprised of 90 percent of our hair's composition is of protein and so if you're lacking protein in the diet your hair will be one of the first places to suffer and when we're thinking specific of protein choices of course we want biological sources that means from animals this is the most bioavailable and your animal-based proteins are also going to have more robust minerals as well as b vitamins so thinking of specific hair focus we could bring in bone broth maybe a jar of fond bone broth daily that's going to give us that collagen and gelatin which will guard against hair loss and aid in strengthening um, and then also we're going to be getting 20 grams of protein per jar there as a good supplement Getting in a scoop of our naturally nourished grass fed whey would be a fabulous consideration. And I think I can say it out loud yeah. we are coming out with a naturally nourished pure collagen super excited i don't believe at the time of this episode airing you'll be able to purchase it so don't go racing over to our website just yet but we hope to by the next month um, by early april have that available at allymillerrd.com more to come on that but collagen peptides would be really beautiful to bring in as well as that's going to help with strengthening hair skin and nails
1: yes Um, Fabulous tool there. And then um, just protein in general. Do you want to speak to like a grams per kilogram amount? Or I know we say if you're actively losing hair, you want to like look at your actual body weight. You want a
2: gram per pound of body weight, right? So if you're weighing 165 pounds, you need 165 grams of protein if dealing with hair loss and potential protein deficiency for sure. Yep. Yep. And
1: then once hair starts to regrow, we can kind of moderate that
2: back. Yeah, where you can kind of hang closer to like a half of a gram per pound on average. Sure.
1: Okay, Um, and now let's talk some on specific nutrients and areas of focus there. So I think biotin is one of the big ones, biotin and and B vitamins in general. Um, Let's hit on that.
2: Yes, so biotin deficiency can be a driving cause of hair loss and uh, biotin is a B vitamin that also plays a role with blood sugar metabolism. Um, It's an important demanding hormone during pregnancy. Uh, The thing that we've talked about with biotin before is that biotin in high doses without other B vitamins in its complex can interfere with thyroid hormone results and so when we're testing thyroid we want to be mindful to not just grab an over-the-counter high-dose biotin Um, anything in an isolated form like that can cause more imbalance and so when we think of hair health we don't just look at biotin we also look at pantothenate or b5 we also look heavily on folate and again we made that connection of like prenatals and pregnancy Mm -hmm. and estrogen um, impact on hair health but folate plays a huge role that we've seen in clinical studies to support and we think of like foliage. but also we think the the follicle health with the folate is huge as well. Um, But there are a good amount of substantial studies out there looking at these various B vitamins, and I would connect the dots that our B vitamins also support metabolism and sex hormone balance, but are depleted under stress. Um, So there was a study in 2011, which was published in the British Journal of Dermatology, and it looked at a topical with pantothenol, um, or a form of B5. And it looked at the diameter and behavior of the individual terminal scalp, scalp, excuse me, hair fibers. And the treatment significantly increased the diameter of individual existing terminal scalp fibers. It also thickened hair fibers and increased the pliability. So less brittle means more um, resilience in the hair itself.
1: Sure. Um, and, and that's where I think of like Pantene Prophy, right? Right. That, that is um, going to be antithenate or B5. And more often than not, if I run a micronutrient panel on someone who is actively losing hair, they're deficient in that nutrient.
2: And B5 is something that you'll see in a pretty high level in our adrenal support because Mm -hmm. of that connection of adrenal health. Um, So again, if someone is under high chronic stress and they know they're also in adrenal insufficiency or their cortisol levels have crashed, This would be someone that would do really well on our adrenal support glandular. That's gonna lift up kind of a pillar of the tent, support those adrenal glands. That can help with then sex hormone balance, thyroid hormone balance, and give you a good boost of that B5. And then the other product that we would look at in that world of B5 as a boost is our Boost and Burn uh, that has a really nice dosage of pantothenate as well. And with the Boost and Burn, we're getting L-carnitine and ribose. And this is going to support body fat metabolism
1: and production of ketones. Yes. And so if you're in like the keto space, especially and just wanting to prevent hair loss, I think that's a great tool for sure. Yes. Okay. And then food-wise, I would call out eggs as a great source of everything we've talked about so far in terms of protein, as well as biotin and B vitamins in general.
2: Essential fatty acids. Absolutely. And uh, just the connection uh, with biotin before we move on to minerals... Is that it plays a role with the hair protein um, keratin and um, it plays a role with production of keratin um, which again the hair is 90% protein by makeup and so knowing that biotin plays a role in that production pathway is one of the uh, big drivers of why it's known in the beauty world I would call out, as you said, eggs are good. We want to avoid egg whites Mm because egg whites can actually drive biotin deficiency. So you want to make sure you get that yolk. That's where all those essential fatty acids are. That's where we get those um, minerals and that's where we'll get the best suite of our B vitamins. And then getting them all in balance will be layering in our B complex. So we put our B complex also in our women's health, uh, hormone health bundle, I believe it's called. or women's hormones. just women's hormone bundle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that has a couple overlaps here where we've talked about maybe that brocco detox for estrogen metabolism the b complex in there and then also we have the relax and regulate in there which has that myo inositol which is
1: one of our first nutrients of focus that we introduced yes all right and then along the vein of other nutrients let's talk zinc for hair
2: yes so zinc plays a role as a cofactor for various enzymes in the body. It plays a role with hair follicle activity, and it also is an inhibitor of hair follicle regression. So it plays a big piece in accelerating hair follicle recovery. In fact, we've seen studies suggest that alopecia areata patients with zinc deficiency can have some improved outcomes by bringing in zinc supplementation as an effective treatment. And then if we're looking at zinc in supplement form, we would be looking at a chelated form, which you'll find in any of our multivitamins. So maybe that's the multi-avail mama or the multi-defense. And then as I had mentioned, that thyroid optimizer is really mm-hmm. where we get a big focus on priorities of overlap of these nutrients, including 25 additional milligrams of zinc in that formula. Yep.
1: And then red meat, um, as a focus for food and we'll talk iron in a second too. That's huge. Um, nuts and seeds, um, the pumpkin seeds we mentioned have some zinc in them. Oysters would be a fabulous source and then eggs, which we already mentioned. Absolutely. Um, and then fatty acid deficiency. I think this is a big one when we're talking all things hair and skin as well. Yes. And especially we look at
2: those omega-3 fatty acids, the EPA and DHA that we see from wild caught fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, tuna. Uh, We also see, of course, the smaller fish, which would be lower in mercury, like our sardines as a fabulous source here. We know that omega-3 fats nourish the hair. They support hair thickening and reduce inflammation as that anti-inflammatory omega-3. And we know that when the scalp is inflamed, it's going to have more hair loss. There was a study in 2015 published in the Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology that evaluated the effects of a six-month supplementation regimen with omega-3, omega-6, and antioxidants on hair loss. And they found that hair growth increased compared to the control group. And 89.9, almost 90% of the participants reported a reduction in hair loss, as well as improvement in hair diameter and density.
1: Okay, that's pretty big. Um, So taking a fish oil, and this is really one of our kind of bare bones recommendations anyway, of of taking a good quality EPA and DHA Um, high quality fish oil, like our EPA, DHA extra, either the capsule or the liquid form. Um, And then eating fatty fish, you know, three times a week, getting salmon, tuna, um, anchovies, or sardines, things like that um, as a a boost for omega-3s.
2: Absolutely. And then, you know, if vitamin D deficiency is seen, we think of vitamin D, remember, as a pro-hormone. So always ensuring for, like you just said, Every element of health, making sure right. that your vitamin D yep. levels are optimized. And then I would just call out um, the world of antioxidants. So just mm-hmm. like omega-3s are anti-inflammatory, we also want to think of antioxidants. We talked about green tea as one of those favorable tools to help with the DHT metabolism and also supporting and and kind of off, uh, basically supporting balance if there was oxidative stress by offsetting that oxidative stress response. So we would also look at things like vitamin C rich foods. So this could be berries, bell peppers, camu camu, produce in general, and herbs and seasonings and spices are going to be a great way to ramp up antioxidant capacity in the body. And we see that antioxidants protect, they protect the body, right? They're kind of shields for our system. And on the level of hair follicles, we've seen antioxidants reduce damage from free radical compounds that we are exposed to daily in our environment. And then especially, Becky, like you said, if you're topically treating your hair sure. with toxic yeah. things like coloring your hair or the products you're using, definitely considering like a vitamin C serum and optimizing antioxidant status internally in the body is a great way to offset that toxicity and stress sure and then i would
1: also call out the connection of vitamin c to collagen production to totally um, iron um, absorption as well Um, and i think our bio c plus is a fabulous tool again for so many other reasons of overall health uh, but also in the department of hair loss
2: yes we have that we can put the link to our smoothie we made the uh, i think it's called a beautifying smoothie uh, where we incorporate a capsule of our bio c plus in there it's kind of like a creamsicle with raspberries and orange zest and lemon juice and coconut oil so getting some great healthy fats in there and then we add collagen peptides to that so you get that synergy of the vitamin c to support the
1: building of collagen along with taking the active collagen itself totally Um, and then iron, I just mentioned, um, Yes, that's a huge one that I see that, you know, I always want to see a a CBC and a ferritin on anyone who's losing hair, like as the bare minimum of, of labs, we probably run that and thyroid. And then maybe we go for hormones Hormones. as like a third layer.
2: Agree, for sure. Unless there is something acutely, like you said, going on with your cycle or you're wondering if you're ovulating, et cetera. But absolutely, iron deficiency-related anemia can be a huge cause factor of hair loss. In fact, personally when I started my health journey and my ferritin levels were at a, I think it was two or three. It was definitely single digits. And I also had a low hematocrit and hemoglobin. I was diagnostically anemic and I was diagnosed at the same time with the Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And so I had that counter connection of both the iron deficiency and that thyroid hormone and that's because we actually need iron to transport our active thyroid hormone to the center of our cells to be used so we'll see and i was a vegan so Mm -hmm. i know why my iron was low (laughs) i wasn't getting any biological iron in my diet and i was eating a lot of plant-based compounds which were blocking iron absorption like phytates and phytic acid and lectins in my diet um, and so it, there is a really important connection of iron, both in supporting how the thyroid hormone works and how it's transported to be used. And then also iron itself, you know, provides nutrient rich blood supply and the hair follicles and the roots require ample iron um, in optimal function to support
1: normal cycle of hair growth and regulation. Sure. Um, and so that ferritin, you know, we want to see levels at like 40% just to stop the active loss of hair Yes. Um, we want to see 70 plus ideally for actual regrowth
2: of hair absolutely and so this is where then you would supplement with biological forms or chelated forms of iron Um, we're always going to be giving you the chelated forms of minerals in our supplements so you would get the highest dose with our uh, multi-avail mama I believe that's 27 milligrams of iron in that formula. And then our multi-defense with iron has 18 milligrams. Both are in that chelated bioavailable form. Um, And again, watching that ferritin, which is your storage of your iron, is going to be a more sensitive biomarker than actual diagnosis of anemia, which would be a insufficient hemoglobin or
1: hematocrit level. Yep. Um, And I would call out um, kind of that post-COVID situation as a big driver of low ferritin. I swear yes. every time I run it on someone who's experiencing the post COVID, like brain fog, fatigue, hair loss, I've seen single digits more often than not. Yes. And, you know, connecting
2: COVID also to presence of the telogen effluvium hair loss and that mechanism of being a prooxidating disease state of viral infection, driving a stress in the body. That's where we're going to see that second phase of hair growth interference. And we actually are linking a study called prevalence of telogen efflu- effluvium, excuse me, hair loss in COVID nineteen patients. And its relationship with disease severity. And they found in this study that um, individuals that had more significant infection were more likely to have higher severity of hair
1: loss. Yes. Um, And they also have done some research into a vitamin D connection. We know that often, you know. A is associated with worth, worse outcomes in COVID and B is depleted through the process of having COVID um, so that there may be some connection there with the hair loss as well. Most definitely. And that connection with
2: vitamin D not only is a pro-hormone, but the fact that it, it, its receptors are expressed in hair follicle cells and that these possess the ability to modulate the keratinocyte proliferation and hair growth cycling. So basically, if the body is employing its focus of vitamin D to combat viral infection, then that mechanism on the receptor of the follicle becomes less priority.
1: Okay. And then we mentioned vitamin A a little bit. Um, Do we want to just touch on that real brief? Sure. So this would also be found in all of our multivitamins,
2: often in a blend. So we'll have both the fat soluble and the um, antioxidant form of vitamin A. So the retinoic acid, as well as that um, form of mixed carotenoids and um, when we're looking at vitamin a this plays a role in the production of sebum um, which helps to keep hair healthy we think of also that connection of sebum with acne Um, this is where we use a lot of like topical vitamin a formulas Mm -hmm. etc and so vitamin d deficiency can actually uh, drive hair loss based on inadequate sebum production And um, we want to look for vitamin A in that combination of both the biological form from animal, like liver consumption, and then the phytocompound form, which is going to be in our carotenoids. So this would be like butternut squash, sweet potatoes, carrots. Um, There is that connection of vitamin A also in immune function as well as thyroid function. So it's important to know when looking at supplementation with vitamin A, There was early on in nutrition research, a lot of concern about vitamin A toxicity. And you'll sometimes even hear like whispers of that, of concerns of eating liver, for instance. Um, But it is important when you're looking at vitamin A supplementation and bioavailability that you get both a fat-soluble and a water-soluble form. So for instance, in our thyroid optimizer, we're providing you only the fat-soluble form, that retinol palmitate. And then in our multi-defense and our multi-avail mama, we're going to give you that palmitate with a mixed carotenoid blend um, and, uh, or another fat soluble with that water soluble uh, kind of vegetable and animal blend of the combination. And that's going to be most comprehensive.
1: Yes. And so when we're comparing to like the neutrophil supplements that are out there, and Mm -hmm. I have so many clients asking me about these that we might as well talk about it a little bit. Sure. Um, But they're just using beta carotene. Mm -hmm. um, So that kind of less likely to convert or less bioavailable form of iron, excuse me, vitamin A. um, And in lower doses in some of the cases. So they have a couple different formulas. Like they have a a postpartum one. Um, They have one focused on menopause. Um, But again, it's looking like, you know, no more than any of our multivitamins when we're comparing.
2: Right. Most definitely. And uh, they do have methylated folate, which is a good thing. Instead of folic acid, Yeah, yeah. methylcobalamin. But again, the dosages are going to be lower. So if we look at their folate, they're just giving 100 micrograms um, in four capsules um, where we're looking at, you know, 340 to 800 micrograms. um, And then our prenatal has 1200 plus micrograms.
1: Yep. Um, And, and, you know, these are $79 per month supply. So it's pretty expensive compared to, it's kind of like, you know, an expensive multivitamin when you compare Mm -hmm. it to our formulas um and then of course you would do some foodist medicine on top of like adding in collagen and things like that as well most definitely let's kind
2: of transition into topicals so we've talked a lot about what goes in the body as far as diet and then supplementation strategy and just to wrap up supplementation strategy i want to kind of chunk it in because sometimes we're popcorn brain all over the place. So like Becky's saying, you know, a multivitamin in our line is a bare essential. And I would say if you are a female listening to this, the um, multivail mama would be the go to if dealing with hair loss, yes. even if you are uh, menopausal, there's nothing wrong or right. nothing specific right. to the cycle. It's just that there will be a little bit more nutrients offered in our multivail mama. And so that would be kind of the go to as your base multivitamin. And then we would layer in, likely, the relax and regulate. And then potentially, that thyroid optimizer, I would, on top of that relax and regulate, definitely say the B-complex. And then you know from there is like your essentials of, are you getting your EPA, DHA extra? Um, are we looking at that thyroid optimizer? Do we want to examine the stress story and bring in the calm and clear and the adaptogen boost? Kind of from there. But the, the minimum would be that multivail mama adding in a B-complex and then the relax and regulate. Totally. It's kind of my summary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, topically, um, there's like so many lotions, potions, creams, all of the yes. things out there. Um, one of the things that I came across in researching for this episode was rosemary oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see that to increase cellular metabolism and actually stimulate hair growth. Um, and research has shown actually that this can it appears to work as well as minoxidil um so this would be a good option for topical just like adding a couple drops of rosemary oil i'm thinking of making like a homemade hair mask situation
2: there's a lot of a uh, rosemary oil scalp treatments yeah, there out are. there yep so that would be an option yep. especially if it's a clean carrier oil sure um so that's kind of the thing that we'd consider is well what's it being applied with um are we carrying it with coconut oil or um we've talked with uh the episode with Grace Holistic Skin, how coconut oil can be too large of mm-hmm. fat globules. So we've also seen studies on castor oil yep. um, as a favorable tool for topical use. It has a high content of ricinoleic acid, which um, along with other fatty acids and flavonoids that have shown to actually hydrate hair, um, improving dandruff and easing itchiness or irritation. Um, Also, it can help with hair texture and has been proven to reduce hair felting, um, which can drive that like entangled, matted. I think I need that for sure. (laughs) right.
1: It actually does. It works wonders. I have a friend who swears by her castor oil hair masks, and Uh um, Morgan, who's always like sitting in the sauna with it. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. um, Add some peppermint oil, some rosemary oil in there. You've got a whole scalp treatment situation going on.
2: Yeah, because the castor oil is nourishing, and it's going to reduce hair breakage, improve texture, hydrate, And even some studies will show that castor oil can actually treat hair loss by balancing out prostaglandins. So those pro-inflammatory compounds, um, we know that castor oil can improve blood circulation to follicles, just like it helps when we do a castor oil pack on our liver or on our uterus to drive blood flow. And so I think that that's something definitely worth considering. And then stimulating the scalp. Um, we've talked about that in the world of like cradle, calf, mm. but also for hair growth. I think there's something to be said about bringing blood flow, sure. right? And so instead of using that vasodilator effect of the Rogaine products, which can cause those imbalances, using like a scalp brush yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. or it's interesting at Bestier Clinic when I had the anemia and the uh, Hashimoto's diagnosis I was talking about my hair falling out and I had dreadlocks back in the day. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, maybe I've had scalp trauma, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's a part too. But in my take-home summary notes, they wrote down step three, brush your hair. (laughs) Because (laughs) as someone with curly hair, I still Mm -hmm. need to remind myself to do that. Um, I often just use like my my fingers with conditioner to just kind of comb through loosely. Sure. And they said, you need to use a brush on your scalp to stimulate your follicles. And so I yeah, have something, something there a little like
1: round handheld brushes um, yes. or like nubby silicone ones that you can kind of go like circular mm-hmm. motion and, It feels so good too to have someone else massage your scalp. So this could be a really good invitation from a partner. Um, I'm remembering back in the day. I don't know what they were, but those things. Do you remember them that you like put on your head? Oh yes, yeah, like the like teeth teeth fingers, Mm -hmm. and you like rub it up and down to like rub your own scalp, but some version of of that I'm sure still exists. Um, And there, you know, even like the red light therapy um, that has shown some promise in research. Um, So as would infrared sauna, if you you have access to, for sure. Yep. So red light exposure, for sure. Um, There's the capillus cap that's always on Fox that (laughs) supposedly actually has some good research behind it. So I think those would be good things to look into as well.
2: Awesome. Okay, so I think we've given you guys a good amount of lifestyle support, maybe some rocks to pick up and look under as far as root causes, and then the big picture take home about the importance of eating ample calories, of course, choosing whole foods, and leading with protein for hair repair and regrowth, and then the prioritization of a quality multivitamin, a B complex that myo-inositol as the superstar on that hormone regulation and DHT regulation, and so much more. We will link all of the products and tools and tips suggested in this episode in our show notes. And you can go on over to allymillerrd.com to check out any of these formulas and learn more about how they are both potent and pure and yield superior clinical outcomes.